See, I told you Mike White was good. You should have listened to me. Today, as I delete the last week or so's worth of audio files about things I said about Mike White, we will recap a thrilling Jets victory. Best Jets win I can remember in quite a while as they defeated the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday 34-31. That's what we'll do on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What a victory for the New York Jets yesterday. If you predicted that the Jets would beat the Bengals and Mike White would play that well, I'm guessing you were part of Mike White's immediate family. And if you were not, go to Vegas right now because you are on the hottest streak of your life. I can't think of anybody who thought off their miserable performance in New England off the bye. A performance that was so bad that people, myself included, were beginning to question, is this Jets team any better than the 2-14 and team from a year ago? The fact that Jets were able to get themselves off the mat and beat a quality opponent in Cincinnati, a team that entered this game leading the AFC, unbelievable. What a performance by the Jets. I kind of view this game as having three parts to it. The first part went very well for the Jets, which has been an unusual occurrence this season. In fact, of the first seven games, yesterday was the first time the Jets got off to a good start to a game. It's funny because on Saturday morning, I watched an old episode of Seinfeld on Netflix. It was the finale of the fifth season. And in that episode, the plot is the character George Costanza, who's kind of a loser, decides that He's going to do the opposite of his instinct on every major life decision. And he has this incredible run of success where he's getting dates. He gets a job with the New York Yankees. His entire life turns around because he does the opposite of what he usually does. And that's kind of what the Jets did at the beginning of this game. I mean, even to the smallest detail at home this season, they've been wearing white jerseys. Yesterday, they went with black. Robert Sallow had been clean shaven. He's growing a beard now. Michael LaFleur, the offensive coordinator, was on the sideline all year until he went up to the press box yesterday. And the way the Jets operated on that first series was very different. A 14-play touchdown drive where they go right down the field, and they came out throwing the ball. They threw the ball the first six plays, and they have been consistently running the ball in the first quarter of games this year. By the way, they also won the coin toss and received, whereas they've been deferring most of the time this year. The second play, they hit Denzel Mims for a big gain. Mims has been on the bench most of the year. He had to play yesterday because Corey Davis was down. And all of this led to a touchdown. In fact, I mean, they were coming up with creative plays. They were having the Bengals. They were mixing up things. They were really confusing the Bengals with their screen game. They even had a Jamison Crowder attempt to pass, which was incomplete, but they were able to draw a defensive pass interference. And that set up a Michael Carter eight-yard touchdown. So the Jets were off to a great start to this game. And they forced a punt on defense. Defense came out and played great right off the bat. And then things kind of went sideways for them. Mike White throws an interception. It was an off-target throw. I mean, I've heard people say it wasn't his fault. I thought both interceptions were Mike White's fault because they were both not great throws. It was a tip drill, and the Bengals were able to get the ball. The the ball was returned to the Jets' one-yard line. And by the way, this was not something people noticed. But Elijah Ward did a great job running down the guy who intercepted the pass and tackling him on the one-yard line and preventing him from scoring a touchdown. And the reason that was so important is because the Jets' defense rose to the occasion and got a stop on the goal line. 
It ended on fourth down when Quinnen Williams sacked Joe, Joe Burrow. Unfortunately, White went out and threw another interception. And it was a play that you could say wasn't his fault. I thought it was his fault. It was a little early. It was to Michael Carter. It was right in front of him. He threw it way too hard, hit Carter in the helmet, picked off. Bengals get the ball on the Jets' 15-yard line, and they score a touchdown. And at this point, I'm saying, all right, well, it was a nice start to the game. The script worked on offense, which is better than anything we've seen so far this year, which has been frustrating because one of the big reasons you do the script is that the first 15 plays of the game, you can kind of do what you want. Once you get deeper into the game, the situation sometimes dictates your play calling. If you're behind, you have to throw it a lot. If you're ahead, you may be more conservative. But the first 15 plays, you can kind of do what you want, which means you can practice those plays over and over during the week and get their execution down really well. And the Jets finally did that yesterday. But once we get past the script, it's like, okay, now we're now we're outside the script. Now things are probably not going to go as well. And from that point, the Bengals really took control of the game. Now, the Jets did put together a nine-play drive, but it stalled, and Matt Amendola missed a 54-yard field goal. It wasn't even close. I mean, he... There's a term in golf, he put it into the woods. If he was a golfer, I mean, that shot would have been way up, shot may have been out of bounds. It was so ugly. And the Bengals, again, kind of took control of the game from this point. They went up 17-7 with a touchdown and a field goal. Jets made probably a poor decision coaching-wise. Robert Sala, there was a big third down pass with the score tied at 7 to T. Higgins down the right sideline for 26 yards. It was a play where Bryce Hall was in good coverage but didn't turn his head enough or you know, didn't play the ball very well. And replay showed that the ball was not completed. And Robert Sala did not challenge it. Now, the thing is, the replay, the definitive replay angle was not shown until a few plays later. So that hurt the Jets. But it was a third and six. It would have ended the drive. It put the Bengals in position on the Jets two for a touchdown. And Joe Burrow hit Jamar Chase for for that score. Brandon Eccles was in coverage. It it wasn't really Brandon Eccles' fault. It was kind of a broken play. And then... The next series at 14-7, Bengals, White hits Jamison Crowder for a night, and Crowder takes it up the field for 26 yards, but he gets stripped. And then the Bengals get a field goal a little bit before the end of the first half. Um, and The Jets kind of fall for, I don't know if you'd call it a flea flicker, but there's a big play, the Joe Mixon, where they, they have a lateral. They have a, well, It's not really a flea flicker because uh, Tyler Boyd threw the pass, but Burrow lateral to Boyd, and Boyd hit Joe Mixon. Mixon ran it down the sideline for 46 yards. The Jets from this point caught a little bit of a break because Jamar Chase dropped a touchdown pass, and they forced the Bengals to settle for a field goal. But it's 17-7. It's near the end of the first half, and it's just not going well. You can see that this game's kind of going sideways. And I'm saying, man, if the Jets had a quarterback who was legitimate, they'd have a shot in this game. Well, shows what I know because Mike White leads the Jets down the field, 10 plays, running the the two-minute drill successfully. And if you remember preseason, he was awful running two-minute drills. In fact, he kind of threw two touchdown passes on this sequence because he hit Keelan Cole for what was kind of a circus catch, a great one-handed grab for Cole, but it was overturned on replay. The ball was moving. However, two plays later, he hits Braxton Berrios, a tight window throw for a touchdown. And that one withstood the the, uh, scrutiny of the replay. There was some controversy on both plays. I think they actually got it right. I thought the Cole play was not a catch if you're looking at the rules the Barrios catch was so the Jets went to the went to halftime and they're only down 17 14 and it's like okay well maybe we got a shot here the Jets defense got a stop the first drive of the second half and then it actually kind of felt like disaster almost struck because 
the Jets were driving the ball down the field and Mike White got hurt. And if you told me before the game, Mike White getting hurt would be a disaster for the Jets, I wouldn't have believed you. But he had to leave the game. Josh Johnson had to come in for him. The Bengals were actually flagged for roughing the passer on the play where Johnson, uh, or I'm sorry, White got hurt. And Johnson missed Denzel Mims in the end zone. Mims should have caught the ball. It was not a good throw, though. It was still a ball Mims should have caught, though. So the Jets had to settle for a field goal. And it was 17-17. The Jets are right in this game. The Bengals, however, go down the field, six plays, 75 yards, and score a touchdown on a burrow pass to Joe Mixon. Fortunately for the Jets, White returns to the game. They put together an 11-play field goal drive capped by a White pass to Elijah Moore for 24 yards. So that got the score to 24-20. However, it felt like the Bengals took control of the the game on the next drive as they went down the field 14 plays. Jets had a couple opportunities to get off the field on third down and just could not do it. Just very frustrating. Three third down conversions, including a, a touchdown pass from Burrow to Boyd. It's 31 to 20, and quite frankly, it feels like the game's over. However, Mike White would not be denied. Jets go down the field 12 plays. There's a big play by Michael Carter on a reception, runs for 23 yards. And Ty Johnson, I mean, makes an unbelievable run after a catch for a 17 yard touchdown. Jets missed the two point conversion, 31 26. So Bengals get the ball back. And there's just under five minutes left. And we've been talking about it all season. Jets cannot get an interception. So who do you think the first Jet to get an interception in the 2021 season is? If you had Shaq Lawson, I mean, again, go to Vegas because I would not have guessed Shaq Lawson. But he makes an incredible play. Bats a pass up into the air. Comes down with it. A couple plays later, White hits Tyler Croft for a 13-yard touchdown. Jets have the lead. And then the defense does its job. Defense gets off the field. The huge play. Sheldon Rankins gets a sack on a third and 11. Forces the Bengals to punt the ball. So the thing is, like, if Rankins doesn't get that sack, if it's just an incompletion and it's fourth and 11, Bengals may go for it. They may still have a shot, but it was fourth and 19. And the Jets got the ball back. And I can't tell you how many times over the last few years the Jets have struggled in what's known as the four-minute offense. And that's when you have the ball left with the lead with under four minutes left in the game and you're just trying to run the clock out. Now, it wasn't totally clean. There were a couple of errors here. In fact, the Jets were kind of bailed out by a very suspect penalty on the Bengals. It was a personal foul. It was a helmet-to-helmet hit on uh, on Johnson. Very shaky call. But the Jets were able to take advantage of it. And even though they made a few errors there, like I said, there was a play where Elijah Moore went out of bounds. There was another play where Michael Carter was about to pick up the first down and slid like a yard before he was going to pick it up. However, Mike White on third and one, the hero of the day, quarterback sneak to move the chains with under two minutes left, and the Jets were able to run out the clock and get their second win of the 2021 season. An incredible victory for this team. And what a win it was for the Jets. I'm sure you were totally focused on that game. However, the late afternoon games came. Maybe you had one game on your TV. You had another one on a streaming device of yours. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings together your live TV and on-demand favorites like never before. So you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. 
Compatible device required content varies by package. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen each day. And you know we've got you covered for all things Jets, but with the trade deadline right around the corner, don't miss our live NFL trade deadline show. Reaction to every move, plus a second half preview and much more. Catch the show live from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern, November 2nd on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. We are here recapping an amazing victory for the New York Jets today as they defeated the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday 34-31 at MetLife Stadium, improving their record to 2-5 in 2021. The number one star of the game without question was Mike White. The backup quarterback making his first career start goes 37 for 45, 405 yards, three touchdowns and two interceptions. The first Jet in over 20 years to throw for over 400 yards in the game. Vinny Testaverde was the last Jet to do it. That was Christmas Eve of 2000, which was just a brutal loss to the Baltimore Ravens. And the reason Vinny threw for over 400 yards in that game, I remember it. That was the classic 2000 Ravens defense. And that defense was built around stopping the run. So the Jets just did not even try and run the ball in that game. I think Vinny threw like 67 times. I have no idea how Mike White did that yesterday. I was not expecting that. Just a brilliant performance. He was what you would call the classic point guard. Zach Wilson's a guy who tries to make plays down the field. And we know Mike White doesn't really have an arm for downfield passes. In fact, I don't think he even threw a single pass that went beyond 20 yards down the field. There was a, there was one attempt that did not count because there was a penalty where he missed a guy who was wide open. Instead, what White did was brilliant. He did He played within himself. That's what you want him to do. You want a guy like Mike White when he's your backup quarterback, take what the defense gives you. And the Bengals were giving up things underneath all game. White was making good pre-snap reads and getting the ball out quickly. That's what Mike White needs to do to have success in this league. And he was also effective in the screen game, making sure he was putting good passes on those running backs. Actually, it was amazing. He had 20 combined targets to running backs. And another guy who has to get a lot of credit is Mike LaFleur. Mike LaFleur, the much maligned offensive coordinator, came up with a brilliant game plan. Because again, when you're just throwing the ball short, it becomes difficult. Defenses kind of figure out what you're doing. LaFleur kept coming up with designs that were giving White open receivers underneath. Perfect combination. Perfect sync between the quarterback and the offensive coordinator. And the other thing I'll give LaFleur credit for, for, if you listened to my game preview with Oliver Connolly on Friday... I was really worried the Jets were going to come out and be very conservative, that they were going to be of the mindset that they did not want White to lose the game. And they did not. They came out throwing the ball. Six straight passes to begin the game. And not only that, after White threw a couple interceptions, the Jets did not get conservative. They put the game in White's hands. They understood that they had to roll the dice a little bit. They needed to make plays. And the Jets were able to make those plays. They put the. I, I mean, I can't believe the Jets put the ball in White's hands. I'm not, I don't know what's more surprising to me, that they put the ball in White's hands or that they had success doing it because Mike White was so good. I don't know what else you could have asked for from Mike White yesterday. It was such an incredible performance. And that was a great performance for any quarterback. You know, after those first two interceptions, I was saying, all right, well, what more can you expect from Mike? Well, apparently you can expect a lot more. Now, listen, does this mean Mike White's our franchise quarterback going forward? I mean, let's not go that far. There's still a lot that needs to be proven here. He averaged, I think his average air yard per attempt was like 4.2 yards. Again, 20 targets to running backs. I mean, that's going to be tough to sustain. At some point, he's going to have to throw the ball down the field. But for one game, I mean, what more could you ask for out of Mike White? And I guess, you know, maybe I owe Joe Douglas an apology because I spent pretty much all of last week complaining about how he did not get a real backup quarterback in here. Apparently, he did. 
Mike White just did a phenomenal job in that game. And, you know, can he sustain it? Well, look, I did not expect him to be able to do what he did yesterday. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, anything Mike White does from this point forward is house money because he won this game for the Jets. There's no question about it. And typically when you have your backup quarterback in there, you're not asking him to win the game. You're in trouble if you need your backup quarterback to win the game. Mike White won this game for the Jets. Mike White may have been the best quarterback in the NFL yesterday for one week, for one week. And I don't want to go crazy on this. We don't know what Mike White is going forward. But here's the thing. The Jets told you what they thought of Mike White last week when they traded for Joe Flacco. I mean, they traded for a guy to replace Mike White in the lineup. That shows you why this is so surprising, because even the team he's on didn't think he could do this. And I know somebody's going to try and tell me the Jets traded for Flacco to be White's backup. I, I don't believe that for a second. Zach Wilson's going to be back in a couple of weeks. They're not trading for a temporary backup quarterback, I, I don't think. I, I really don't believe that. But you know something? I think one thing is clear is Mike White should be starting this week against the Indianapolis Colts. And I'll say this as well. Mike White should be the starting quarterback until he plays himself out of the job. And that could happen in just a couple of days. We have a short week against the Colts here. We could be saying something very different by the end of the week. By as soon as Friday, we could be saying something very different. But you got to play guys based on merit. And Mike White played the best quarterback game for the Jets I can remember he's played he played much better than Zach Wilson's played at any point this year you know again different offense the Jets are putting Zach Wilson in the position where they want him to make more downfield throws because that's his game whereas Mike White's more of a distributor got to get the ball out quickly short passes let the receivers do their work and the receivers did an excellent job in this game underneath especially Michael Carter out of the backfield and I mentioned one great touchdown run after the catch Ty Johnson had Jamison Crowder in spite of his fumble also had eight catches for 84 yards so you know this this was your stat line it shows you how quickly Mike White was getting the ball out leading receiver is Michael Carter nine catches 95 yards second leading receiver Jamison Crowder eight catches 84 yards third leading receiver as far as yards go is Ty Johnson five catches 71 yards and he also had Elijah Moore six catches 67 yards so lots of throws to running backs and slot receivers but that worked it worked it, it worked like a charm yesterday for the Jets. You just have to be so thrilled with this performance. I mean, coming back from 11 down in the fourth quarter with your backup quarterback who goes in and throws for over 400 yards, the only quarterback in the NFL yesterday afternoon to throw for 400 yards. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I don't even know how else I can break this down. And this was a great performance, really, across the board for the Jets. I mean, you got so many contributions from, from various players. You had, I mentioned the Shaq Lawson interception. C.J. Mosley returns to the lineup and plays great. Ten tackles. Sheldon Rankins had that big sack. You had Quinnen Williams ending the one drive with a sack. I thought Bryce Hall played pretty well. I mean, there was the one catch against him by Higgins. And there was, you know, a little hiccup in the end zone in the second half. But... Overall, a really, really good team effort, but nobody better than Mike White. Listen, this might be Mike White's only moment in the NFL. Now, listen, I hope Mike White is a franchise quarterback. That would be great if Mike White was actually the long-term starter. Even if Mike White is a viable backup quarterback, which is not something I expected him to be, not something I even thought he could be, that would be a great performance for, that would be great for the Jets. But ultimately, nothing can ever take away this performance yesterday. And listen, we know the Jets are not as good as the Bengals. We know that this team still has issues. We know this team still at the, very much at the beginning of its build. But we've had so many lousy games through the years. In the last decade plus, we've had to watch so much bad football, including last week. It's so nice to get a game like this where you're not expecting it. And I think that's one of the reasons this is so exciting. 
because most of us went into this game yesterday, and I'm sure there were a few people who thought the Jets had a shot or a good shot, but you went into this game yesterday for the most part and felt like you didn't really have any chance. So when something like this happens, it feels even better because you weren't expecting it. It's just what an amazing win for the Jets. It, you have to be so happy today if you're a Jets fan, especially when you think about how upset we all were one week ago. You should find a way to celebrate this great victory, and let me suggest treating yourself to a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and if you haven't tried it yet by now, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself to believe it. And the bars are low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of being purely delicious. And there are so many flavors. Raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, cherry barcia. And this month, Built Bar is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So check their website often. You don't want to miss out. And go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15, one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at built, B-U-I-L-T, dot com. And I'm sure a lot of people did poorly betting against the Jets yesterday, but BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the football action and the basketball action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. That's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. We are here on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast, recapping a thrilling 34-31 win for the Jets over the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday at MetLife Stadium. The Jets improved their record to 2-5, and five. and yeah, maybe we should have seen it coming a little bit. The Bengals were coming off a big victory over Baltimore, and sometimes you see a team off a big win have a letdown, especially when the next week's opponent doesn't look so great. And it would be impossible for a team to look less great coming into a game than the New York Jets yesterday because they were coming off a brutal loss to New England. But sometimes when that happens and you're embarrassed by your performance and you get criticized in the media all week, you respond with a big-time performance. But even with that, I was expecting it to be like a really good first quarter for the Jets and then the Bengals to take control of the game, as they kind of did in the second quarter, jumping out to a 10-point lead. And then again, with an 11-point lead in the fourth quarter, just really impressive stuff by the Jets yesterday. And we've talked extensively on this show, and this is a daily podcast covering the Jets, by the way. If you're new to the show, welcome. We have new episodes each day, Monday through Friday, throughout the season and most of the offseason. So if this is your first Locked On Jets episode, I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you'll be back tomorrow. But one of the points I've made throughout the season is the Jets are not focused on making the playoffs this year. They'd love, they would have loved to have had a winning record. That can't be the goal, though. This is a team at the beginning of its build. It's a team that's the youngest in the NFL. They're clearly focused on the future, but you need to see progress. And progress can be a very vague term, and it can manifest itself in numerous ways. But I think the reason you had to be so upset about that performance last weekend against New England was you saw no difference between the 2020 team and the 2021 team. And last weekend's game seemed very important because 
the bye week is one of your first benchmarks. It's your first real opportunity to assess what's going well, what's not going well, fix the things that aren't going well, and the Jets fixed nothing. It seemed like they had no idea what they were doing. They come out and run the ball twice at the beginning of the game when the Patriots are expecting the run. They mixed it up this week. They showed you different looks. But beyond that, and, you know, who knows what you have in Mike White. I mean, I can't tell you. Listen, I've spent all last week telling you Mike White couldn't play. Clearly, he can do some things. Now, I don't know how good Mike White's going to be going forward. I'm not even sure he's going to play that well against the Colts this weekend. I'm not sure he's going to start many games for the Jets in the future. But even beyond Mike White, though, you got a lot of really promising performances by young players. And that's what you looked for. Elijah Moore has probably his best game of the year. Michael Carter, what a game he had. I mentioned he was the leading receiver. He also was very effective on the ground, by the way. 15 carries, 77 yards, and a touchdown to go with his nine catches for 95 yards. Elijah Vera Tucker, I thought, played pretty well in that game yesterday. So you're getting you're getting contributions from young players. Even Jabari Zanika had a sack off the practice squad. Who would expect you get a contribution from Jabari Zanika? Now, not a perfect performance by young players. Ashton Davis, in particular, really struggled. He was responsible for a couple of big plays against the Jets in this game. And Brandon Eccles had a tough time against Jamar Chase, but that's a tough matchup. I don't want to get on Brandon Eccles too much. Ultimately, you saw progress. And I don't think the Jets needed to win that game to come away from it feeling good. Like I said, by the time the fourth quarter came around, you saw professionalism. You saw the Jets punching above their weight class. And even if they lost that game to the Bengals, I feel like you could live with it. But winning that game... It's a different feeling because progress is important, but there's nothing in the NFL that shows progress more than beating a quality opponent, especially beating a quality opponent like that. Listen, if you're a Jets fan, you got to be thrilled today. If you're not thrilled today as a Jets fan, maybe the NFL is not for you because I can't get, I mean, I, it's been really long time since I've been this happy with the Jets win. Tennessee game was great too. The Jets have won two games this year. They've both been great games. They've both been very enjoyable games to watch. You know, prior to that, you know, the two wins last year, it was almost like, who cares? If anything, the Jets were hurting their draft position. A couple years ago, the Jets went 6-2 and two down the stretch. Well, that was another who cares. I mean, the team was awful. They were out of the playoff race by October. The year before that, they were terrible. I mean, there have not been many Jets wins in recent years, but there have been even fewer Jets wins you could feel really good about. That you could feel like, Maybe this team is beginning to put something together. And listen, there's a long road ahead of us. There are going to be some rough games. There may be a rough game this weekend. The NFL's not easy. The NFL's difficult. And we've seen firsthand how sometimes you don't play as well off these wins as you were hoping to. Jets responded to their win against Tennessee with a miserable performance in London against Atlanta and then came off their bye and got embarrassed against New England. But you can at least look to a game like this and say, you know what, maybe this team is moving in the right direction. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and please leave it a five-star review. I think I'm going to move the mailbag show up to Tuesday this week. So please send in your questions. We'll chat again tomorrow.